I do not have Joel to um, no. reciprocate that back with me, which is no. a bit lonely. But I will stand in for Joel today, okay, so even though I am the one getting spoken yes. to. The, the one getting roasted, who knows? I can ask myself questions if you yes. want. Well, so yes, a little update to Row on the Row. Row on the Row. A Billionaire's Row podcast. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. They, they, they do link. A little update on the Round the Row. Unfortunately, our lovely Joel, our assistant director, has currently... Writer extraordinaire. And dramaturg, did you know? Yeah, just in case he hasn't mentioned it yet. (laughs) Potentially. Um, Unfortunately, he is caught down with COVID, and alas, the next three interviews, it will just be me grilling my um, participants. With that being said... Hello. I'm Fraser. I feel like, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, then you've probably seen the two posts on Instagram, so you probably know who I am. But I don't know. Potentially. If, but then again, for the for the family of people who yes. <laughs> who are in the show, I lo- I'm Fraser. I yeah. play the Pope. The Pope. Pope Otto. The massively Bernie religious Charles. Pope. Yes. Because yeah. in, even though you can't see me, I am massively religious, mm. and I've got a cross on and everything. Yeah, and the little. Um, Caftan. It's not a caftan. It's pretty much a caftan. It is pretty much a caftan. Yes. So it's just me, Grilling Fraser. Let's see. First question. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I got up. I had breakfast in Didsbury. I would fully recommend where I went. It's, you know, that little um, that little bookshop, cafe sort of thing. It's sort of tucked around the corner. Mm. You know where the fishmongers is? I think I, I've only think I've been into Didsbury a couple of times. I've only been to go to advanced DSL Colour Labs. So is, is it near that place? Kind of, and when I say kind of, I mean not really. But I'm trying to help you. It, okay. It's like it's like it's like it's like in that little like it's by the church. It's across from church, and it's oh no, little, no, I know where the church is. Yeah, so it's just a little bookshop, and they have these like little like you know breakfast coffee stuff is really nice. That's and I hadn't been, and I didn't want to go to house again. No, um, I don't know if that is free promotion for house. Probably is, but um, it's great. But yeah, I, I just don't the five people it. listening in. The five people listening in go to house because it's great. But here's the thing, though. I went on Sunday, had a Sunday roast. A bit disappointing. What house? Yeah, they do have Sunday roast. Do they actually? Yeah, ten quid though. Ten quid. Yeah, I feel like the fact that I didn't know about that shows that they probably haven't carried that well. I feel like house is like your house jazz is your Saturday night. I think mm. that's where you. I think that's when house comes to its best. I haven't point. been, but I know I should. You should go. But then again, I haven't been to two five six. I think they're very different vibes. I think, yeah, no. I think house 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 and two five six are probably like the the polar opposites of each other. Considering that house jazz plays these like really lovely, um, beautiful, freelance music. Magish, musicians, 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 magicians, magicians, yeah. magicians, magicians. <laughs> and and uh, and two five six plays um, tonight's going to be a good night by the Black Eyed Peas religiously. I don't see the, the difference. I only see correlation here. Well, yeah, they do. They do cover that song all the time in house jazz as well. Yeah. Okay. Question. Yes. Question. Where the fuck do the musicians go? during house jazz night like what do you mean it, it is tiny like as an entity or as like well as, as in where, emotionally where are they, <laughs> physically, <laughs> physically where are they actually where do they go man? it is so tiny okay for the yeah <laughs> for the listeners you know when you go upstairs and on your right you've got a sofa and like the yes. two sofas so basically they just take Crack away the magazines sofa. everywhere yeah so then you just take away the sofas and they just go there but i think the really fun part of it is that you kind of you, when you're trying to go downstairs to get a drink, you join the band. So you can't go downstairs without, like, sort of 
going back into your grade two clarinet or whatever you have and sort of really start to personify that thing and go downstairs. I mean, for me, it's grade I think like three and a half saxophone. So every yeah. time I need to go for a drink, I just really get into that vibe. And grade five clarinet pass. Pass? Yes. Not even, no. No, no. I, undiagnosed. I just never practiced. And yeah, no, I'm all right too. with that. I did Pink Panther for about four years, never did any other song and then refused to play refused to practice yeah. I have um, I have like it's a famous it's a very famous clarinet song called like The Swan the and swan. it goes it's really it goes this might be copyright but it goes do, 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 I'm sure the do, people do, do, responsible do, do, for The Swan are coming straight in there yeah um, but every time I hear that I just instinctively my my fingers know the movements <laughs> um, no same I've got the Pink Panther movement it's with the da 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 I, okay. I could just be just moving my fingers okay. for the viewers. <laughs> Transition <laughs> on to the second question. Yes. One of the most important questions. Mm-hmm. We've asked this to everyone. Mm-hmm. Fuck, marry, kill. Okay. <laughs> as you, like, okay. So as, there, there as, are two, as my character. Two segments to this. Right. As you and as your character. So fuck, marry, kill. Matthew, Lucy, and Michael. Okay. No one ever fucks Gideon because, like, yeah, he's a kid. Pr- a pretty much a kid. It'd be a bit weird. We'd be cancelled on our third episode if yeah. anyone said that. Um, kill, definitely kill Matthew because just mm-hmm. oh, so boring. It was he did such an arsehole. and yeah. also I can imagine he was like missionary to the hill as well. Mm. I feel like there'd been absolutely no variation in that technique whatsoever. I'd probably marry Michael because of money. I feel like he's a bit of a Bezos, and I feel like I could sort of mm-hmm. have a lot of affairs, and then, and then like divorce him and get quite a lot of money. Yeah, you'd um, be you'd be um, Julia Fox, and he'd be Kanye. Exa- exactly, or other people that <laughs> whatever the equivalent of that is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be Kanye West in that situation. <laughs> but uh, he, no, no, no. Yeah, I'd be Julia Fox. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just um... I don't even know if I want to be Julia. <laughs> Have you heard they've broken up already? Yeah, no, and she's been liking some posts from Kim. I don't know why I know that. I just do. (laughs) Just outing myself as a Daily Mail Snapchat viewer. Dear. I know. Uh, (laughs) The person who deleted Instagram self-righteously still looks at Daily Mail on Snapchat. I And then, yeah, I'd probably have to fuck Lucy because, well, I'm I'm sure that that would, you know, give me loads of street cred in this magical, like, world of influencers. But I feel like Otto probably, I don't know, he's he's celibate, so I probably wouldn't do anything. I don't want to, I don't know how, (laughs) I don't do a lot of very, like, angry self moments. That, I think that makes sense. I feel like um, Howie answered the same way as Michael, just kill everyone. Really? I feel like if I was answering as Pope, Otto, I would be really, really, really resigned and be like, oh no, I'm above sex. Like, I couldn't be possibly ever see myself doing it. And then. The concept of sex. The concept of sex is just disgusting and then just nip out to some sort of, I don't know, brothel. <laughs> brothel strip club, whatever. Whatever the popes in the, whatever they in have. the 14th century got up to. Oh dear, sneak yeah. into the nunnery. Look at me, though. I know my character, 14th century. Yeah. <laughs> Joel would be so proud. He'd be so he, proud. I actually, on his deathbed. I actually do miss him a little bit. I mean, I meet a little bit. He's up. been gone a day. Yeah, well, what can I say? We've well, got a bond. That is um, that is true. You two are the dungaree pair. I think we're more than dungarees at this point. You're sharing the I think dungaree. We're the space inside the dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh dear. That's okay. Well, the two, the you, you're the two buckles. Oh uh, yeah. Inches I'm apart. The, I'm the, we're, we're, 
for each other's back. We should explain that we wear dungarees <laughs> quite a lot, I feel like, because otherwise, yeah. Yes, and also that when... I mean, this, this bromance started to form. I like to think more of, of it as a romance beer. That's fine, you can call it a bromance if you want. Yeah, okay, you know what? I'm just going to say what it is. It is a romance. It's a romance. A romance that has formed because of the stress of Uno. Yeah. I, I would like to point out that the game of Uno was invented to bring people together and cause friendship and joy. And yeah. in our circle of Uno, it has only created the most awful conflict between yes. all of us. However, I want this on record, mm-hmm. on official record that no one will ever, ever listen to that I won Uno for the first time the other day, <laughs> which 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 was such a big moment, to which I flipped Julia off and walked away. That's <laughs> the most, yeah, it wasn't a very impressive moment for anyone. Yeah. You know, weak times that hatch. It, it was a weak time. And also I was completely sober, and that's probably the only reason I managed to I managed to, yeah. to win because all the other times have just been absolutely off my face. Yeah, so that, I guess that is the, the final question to round out the, the trinity of questions. Mm. Why are you so bad at Uno? Why am I so bad at Uno? Yeah. Oh, I just never loved as a child, really. Um, um, no, I think... They have it, folks. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad that I got it on this space. Um, I think I'm so bad at Uno because I didn't... I never played Uno when I was younger, but I went through really strong Uno phases... So like I played it in my sixth year and I played it at the start of first year and then I played it now with you guys. But there's no consistency with Uno. Yeah. So it's like every single time I get to Uno, I have to sort of remind myself how to play it, slowly build myself up to a point of ability yeah. and then we stop playing it. And, and then it starts all over again. Whereas I feel like people like, I can't speak for other members of the cast, but... I can. I watch Halley play that game, and fuck me, it's just intense. Like I watch her, I was just sort of like, she. I swear she can count cards because mm. there's there's some there's some poker player in there. Yeah. When I say in there, I mean definitely there. I'm fairly sure Halley's a poker player. I'm ninety percent sure because like, I, I can as a as a mediocre poker player myself, I can tell the signs of someone who is is on it. Yeah. You you do not have the poker player. Meanwhile mentality. I still lose to Solitaire somehow. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think I even play Solitaire, so I think that's more of a win that you can lose to. <laughs> so I guess the first question, mm-hmm. um, tell me in your own words a little bit about your Pope Otto. And I guess um what through this process of rehearsals yeah. uh, you've come to discover about him. How have you given him character dimension? Well, it'd be really bad if I now said I haven't because then that would <laughs> slightly play down the performance. I, my character, obviously is Pope Otto. He is a... First name, last name. Pope Otto. He does not have a last name because, well, Joel didn't write one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he is a very interesting individual, which is why I auditioned for, for him rather than auditioning for the other parts because... I feel like it was the most challenging for me to act because he is obviously an incredibly righteous person, an incredibly holy man who has these incredibly strict morals based off the Christian religion, but also obviously an incredibly corrupt human being and one that has an entirely warped self-opinion of themselves or opinion of themselves. I think in that how that's developed, I think at the start when we first read through the script, I think I felt it was quite... Um, simple character in a way in terms of I was like okay Mm -hmm. the trajectory isn't particularly great however once we started like once we got the full script and started doing it and then there was all these sort of like little like these little lines that once I actually learned them and sort of 
worked on them, I was like, I, I could actually get what Joel was meaning rather than the just sort of like me sort of rubbishly thrusting myself into that script and not really. Yeah. Because like, obviously there was a lot of nuance and like, I think that's sort of started to grow a bit. Yeah. Are you are you religious or do you come from a religious family? No, I I, I grew up in a religious school. Uh, but yeah. It was a school that was connected to the Church of Scotland, represent. Mm. But I'm not religious, no. My mum is like, I like to think, sort of classic Scottish Protestant in, in terms of like, she mm. grew up religious and they're in like, you know, wherever she lived in, like the outskirts of Perth, like on a council day in Perth, and then left to go to London joined the BBC and just was corrupted massively and just never left mm. her religious roots. But she does, you know, I still, I wear a St. Christopher. Mm. That's, that's something I've worn since I was 18, which I guess is more superstitious than religious. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say I was particularly religious. Yeah. I've always, I like spirituality. I yeah. Think, I think, no. I think the world is, the world is connected by energy, man. But I shapes think Shapes and colours. Shapes and colours. But I also do think it is. I think there's a huge amount of energy, and I think religion is just a voyeur or a, a sorry, like sort of a vessel for that, I should say. But no, I'm not particularly religious. No, Are I you mean, religious? Well, I have religious guilt, and I was going to say you give me vibes that you could come from a family of religious religious guilt. guilt yeah, yeah no. I don't think religious. I mean, my my family are like very much like believe what you want to believe, mm. and I remember really wanting to be baptized and doing all that stuff when I was younger. I never was, but I, you know, I have a godmother. But not that was never like. Is a the godmother strictly religious? Well, the term is religious. Mm. I think obviously it involves in someone like doing baptism. But in the same way that if like you get married outside a church, it's like I think the other person can decide. Like my godmother basically just ordained herself and was like, I'm going to be the child's godmother, and that was it. Yeah. But obviously in a like Christian family, the, obviously this is almost like a, a limbo esque hell for yes. Pope Otto as a yeah. character first going in. You know, it's interesting, as someone who is non-religious, how do you almost track the very subtle nuances of, like, a religious breakdown? What... Well, I, I think I just put it under the parameters of a general breakdown, to be honest. I don't <laughs> think there's any such thing as a religious breakdown just because... I mean, Joan of Arc would probably disagree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she would. She would probably... She, yeah, she's having a shit time. <laughs> in, in Yeah. Um, in hell, what are you about to say in hell? <laughs> no, She's not going to hell. No, she was. Yeah, I really, I to rack my memory about the, the the point of that story. Uh, <laughs> there was a there was a boots, and someone lived in the boots. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was a different one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just flicking through. Like, yeah. I think I just dealt with it as someone having a breakdown, but I think I used it like I think everyone has their structures that they stick to, mm -hmm. and all religion is, in my opinion, obviously it's an opinion of a twenty-year-old drama student who yeah. knows absolutely nothing about the world. But my opinion about structures is that we all have our religion. It's just some people's in taking the form of like organized religion. For me, mm -hmm. my religion is the films I love and my family mm -hmm. and my friends and my music I listen to to calm me down. You know, this yeah. like, that creates my view of life mm -hmm. and that's what I try and stick to religiously. And so when I sort of think about, you know, how someone could associate or like relate to re being in some sort of religious mindset and obviously have that breakdown, it's exactly the same, you know, things I hold so dear being taken away from me and this idea that I've always held this very strong belief in something mm -hmm. and the idea that that doesn't exist and I think that that is that's actually in my if you want to drop some deep truth that's in my opinion that's growing up oh uh, yeah yeah I think that's growing up I think you don't I think the moment that you you realize that the things that you like you remember like when you first realized that adults has absolutely fucking no idea what they're doing like yeah like yeah. I remember exactly where I was when that happened 
and I, I was sort of looking at these sort of like 40 year olds being like and these don't even my parents my parents are like 50 and 60 and yeah. I was like I was like they have absolutely no clue what they're doing they're making this up and it was the day I started teaching drama at like sort of for like D of E or whatever it was when I was like mm. 12 13 and I was like these adults have and I was in the staff room of this place and I was like you've absolutely no idea what you're doing what were you doing in the staff room I was a volunteer so I had to be there because uh-huh. I was teaching the class they were a much younger class than I was and you built his brew I built his brew I guess on top of that, uh, just to cap off the sort of final religious question, how do you think Otto, a deeply uh, rich man, mm-hmm. how has he wrestled and like how has he accepted the idea and the concept that you know he is able to take money from his congregation, he's able to hoard this wealth? Well, I I, well, I can quote him if you want. I did not believe. I I thought I was not wrong. Mm. That it was part of life, part of nature. There you go. Oh. And if you want more, you can come to the show. 22nd to the 24th. Yeah. I think a lot of, you put it down to human nature, and he's obviously got an incredibly warped opinion of what human nature is. And also, let's you know, not take away, he was in the 14th century, so fuck knows what life was like back then. Must have been yeah, feudalism. Little, yeah, must have been massively confusing. I'm sure there was like... for Karl Marx. Yeah, I know. We don't need, you know, he's absolutely baffled by the idea of sexism. It's not even like he doesn't, he doesn't, he like, doesn't agree with it. He just generally doesn't know what sexism is, because it hasn't mm. been, you know, <laughs> hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> The concept of sexism, the concept of women. The concept of women, for him especially, he's just have absolutely no idea what he's on about. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, it's. It, it, I think it's generally just that. I think he has, he's managed to convince himself of this, of this idea that what he's doing is just completely part of human nature, which is really interesting because then he must have a very, very, very bad opinion of what human nature is. Yeah, it's the absolute virgin energy. It's such virgin energy. Yeah. The thing is, he's probably not even a virgin. He's probably just really bad at sex. <laughs> I just kind of the vibe, like, yeah, that's why I think I'm playing him so well. <laughs> a little transition onto, I guess, away from your character. Reading, auditioning for Billionaire's Row and getting the part, are there any uh, pieces of pop uh, culture that you sort of attribute to Billionaire's Row or your character itself? Like, are you are you playing Pope Otto through the lens of a particular character that you're, like, grounding him in? No, but there's a really good question because you said once that I was a combination of Gandalf and someone else. I can't remember who. Oh, I think because um, that that was was that our. It was it was the one when we did the line read through, yeah. and I was like thinking about your vocal patterns. Yeah, I think I said Fleabag's dad. Fleabag's dad. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah. I I I liked that. I I thought I I don't think I do. Are I, you sure? Because. <laughs> I remember when I said that to you, you were like... No, it took me a right. moment, but I can go there's such different characters. But also, I think... I, I don't attribute it with anything, which is actually why I... Not decided, because that makes it sound like I had a say. Yeah. But it's why I... Um, it's why I auditioned, and it's why, you know, when it, when it came to, like, what show to do, I was like, okay, I definitely want to do Billy and Ezra, because it's not something I've ever done before. Mm. And this is obviously credit to our beautiful Joel. But it's like, it is something different, and it is something really like nice and interesting and but it, and also it's such a sort of beautifully simple premise it's sort of like you do put five billionaires in a room and they have to compete not to die like that's a very like not only does that sound like a terrible nickelodeon game show but it's also like okay mm. that's actually a really good like premise for a play yeah and, that, and that's kind of and i don't think i attribute anything with it but i guess how i play it or how i play alto is quite confused but that's because i feel like he's quite yeah. confused like sometimes I'm incredibly like authoritarian and sort of I was chosen by 
God and have mm-hmm. this sort of very Boris Johnson-esque anger and self-righteousness and then sometimes I'm just like, well, I guess we're all just going to die at some point and, you know, everybody calm down. So I, I don't think there's... I don't, I don't think I play it yeah. in any particular way. You're the... um. You might be the third person to have mentioned Boris Johnson well, in, in the terms podcast. of characterisation. Yeah, I just wait to talk about it on podcasts. I just this is all I'm doing today. I'm just going around different podcasts, commandeering, and talk, and, yeah. and com- talking about the government and <sighs> politics because that's all that podcasts. Seem How to be. topical! I'm so topical. Yeah, are you a fan of reality TV by any chance? Um, or is it a guilty pleasure? Probably more of a guilty pleasure. I I have. I think it'd be shameful for me to say no because I would be a fat out lie mm. I went through quite a strong Love Island phase as uh. we all probably did I, I was a bit of a with your a, house no no <laughs> just on my own when I was when I was probably about sort of 16 to about 18 I was a bit spicy oh but that wasn't that the um, Chris and Kem season yeah that was Chris and Kem and then Tommy and Curtis and Alex and Jack that I'm talking about the bromances because that's the only way I can differentiate mm. though because it was just the most basic trope ever. Shout out to my boy Joel. Um, and <laughs> uh, uh, but it is the most basic trope, trope ever yeah. um, of, of that. So. Well, they aren't. They were meant to be like the peak of Love Island because yeah. I've I've never been able to get into it just because it's too much. It's like so bad. It's, it's so watching bad. it daily is just too much, especially when um, it gives me serious anxiety. It's the most yeah. vapid thing. It's um because I remember I tried getting into the last season, which was yeah. June time. Yeah, and the whole thing about that was it started off really slow. I don't know if it got yeah, any better. Yeah, no, 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 it did. I w- I did happen to watch it due to just sort of where I was that summer. And it was really nice. Like, it was a really fun little show, and I did enjoy it, but it did give me so much anxiety mm. because because it was just sort of like, you know, I try and watch it. Like, when you watch it with other people, it's really nice. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, watching Love Island and watching reality TV with other people is really lovely, but when you watch it on your own, it's very weird, and I sort of couldn't do that. So yeah. I was lucky enough when I was away that I could watch it. But yeah. I was just like, when I was... I was do just... you find yourself engaged in a, on a healthy level with Love Island? I don't think I deal with that stuff particularly, like... Yeah. healthily because I think I look at it and I like, I watched Made in Chelsea when I was younger mm. and they have such a warped view of life so poor like I in my mm. opinion like obviously deep in the subject but I do think it's really like important for like young people because if you grow up thinking that Made in Chelsea and Love Island are, like your ideas of how to treat people like yeah. don't get me wrong you know it's all we all we all live life but it's like it, they are just such poor role models yeah. for those. so that's how I view all of reality TV and like I just, I, I've got a bit of a, bit of a purge against all that sort of like, I guess you use again the word vapid. Yeah. So the entity, because it's, it's nothing. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like a lot of the thing, like it's, it is like religion. Follow on. Oh. But it's like it's like you're finding a reason mm-hmm. for something to be worth it. If you know yeah. what I mean. Do you feel like if being as row was a thing, and you had like these, you know, instant influences? Mm-hmm like Lucy would you would you as an audience participant would you want to vote them out I think, Do you think I, you could? I definitely think I would vote Lucy out first yeah not because I want to thing is I don't think I would ever want to see someone die number one I don't think I would really have that power but if we're yeah. living in this sort of fantasy fictional dystopian mm. future I definitely see Lucy as the worst one out of all of them I think yeah because I just think like okay Gideon um, obviously, you've probably met Gideon already. Yes. Gideon is a kid who was told he was, like, 
God's gift to humanity, mm. like some sort of fucking weird little rock, like one of those little punk or like whatever you call it, like those little like e boys in like America who like you know like you were like how you have such a way with words. I do, don't know, but you know what I mean. Like it was, and yeah. you're told like you're this God's gift to humanity, and you're everyone's fueling that. You're also a king, which is like the highest thing a human can be, and you're that young. It's going to be very lucky if you don't turn into a little arsehole yeah. and look at Caligula for fuck's sake. And that was just Roman. But, like, you know, it happens. And then Matthew is some sort of revolutionary, more like a Che Guevara. We haven't really given him basically like a Che Guevara. Depends what you degree, agree on the politics. I mean, but obviously killing people and doing all that stuff is obviously terribly wrong. But if you're in that sort of situation, if that's their, like, that's their history. Mm. And Matthew's just an... I mean, he's just... I mean, Michael's just, a, just an arsehole. Just like a Bezos. Just like an absolute knobhead. But yeah. Lucy is one of these people that sort of, like actively putting like installing these really 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 negative standards in these people's heads and creates in my opinion a part of the reason why you know we've got such a warped society at the moment yeah but obviously that's just my obviously in reality i would probably choose to kill the person who's killed the most people which would probably be matthew (laughs) and then lucy and then lucy because you know it is it is interesting with lucy as a character because I don't know if I should say on the podcast what I feel like, how I, I interpret the play. I think you should, because otherwise when else are you uh, going to say yeah. it? Yeah, that's fair, to be honest. I do find with Lucy that it's almost... Because she, she's the only female character. I find it quite interesting how she she's able to navigate that for some reason. But she's instantly designed as that character. Because mm. she she knows and she's talking to us about it. And we're just these sort of like... Like, of course you're going to be, like, more... Rela- you're going to sort of root for the person that's most like you. Yeah. And she is a person at the end of the day. Like, she yeah. can have her own... Just but she's girl. just a person, whereas everyone else has created... Have been, like... It's like watching a film, right? Yeah. You, know, you always watch a film. And you ever think about a film... You never watch a film about someone who's normal. Like, really, you don't. Like, they've always got something. There's something going on. Mm. You know, there's some sort of oddity or there's some sort of, like, quirk which makes them interesting to watch. Quirked up little white guys. Exactly. And so it's like that. So it's like, why... And they've they've got a reason. They've got a passion. They've got something. You wouldn't watch a film about an influencer. Fuck, man, it'd be boring. Or only if they, like, were, like, some sort of manipulative arsehole and they've got, like, a really complicated thing and it was yeah. done really well by someone like Ari Aster or something. Final question then. Do you personally view the ending as a happy one or a sad, like, not maybe a sad one, but, like, a, an open ending? Because um, I, um, I won't give the spoiler... I won't give it away too much, but... yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a particularly happy ending. I don't. I don't think anyone wins, and I don't think. I don't think you'd want it to be. Hey, I don't think you want that play to be a happy ending because no. that would be very odd. But um, in terms of, I obviously like the ending dramatically. Joel, <laughs> not that you're gonna listen, but he's in a COVID dream haze right yeah. now. <laughs> well, this would be a really lovely thing for you to listen to two weeks when you're out of mm. when you're out of isolation. The, the ending is. Is probably what you'd expect, but the outcome um, of the play it does reinforce the system and almost the system. I feel that this one tried to replace. Yeah, but yeah. With that being said, I believe that is the natural conclusion of the our wonderful conclusion. conversation. Thank you very much. I have been Max, and I've been Fraser. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. This was very enjoyable. Wonderful. Apart from the sound of my own voice, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, just a small thing. Small thing. Once again, if you have not booked your tickets, please do so. There is a link in our bio where you can um, buy tickets for all of our nights. I believe we haven't sold out yet, but that's something for Connor to check. Um, So 
I whip him into shape after he gets out of his A&E haze. Yeah, I really like the fact that our entire creative team has crumbled. Yeah. And you are. I'm standing strong. Yeah.